Say it again. Good. Yes. Yes. Sweat Equity Podcast and streaming show, the number one comedy plus business podcast in the world. We'll do it live. And we'll the, do it live. And the number yeah. one business plus comedy podcast in the world. That's for the overweight businesses. Mm-hmm. Listen to us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. If you're listening to this in your ear holes, maybe you got one or two. I've got maybe one. Maybe you clean them normally maybe on I tried a regular to clean basis. And I can't hear out of my right ear right now. Um, look, man. What? It's just earwax building up. I don't want to get into it with Benson what? as our guest talking about God and business and profit tree being consistent. Something we all have trouble with being consistent, running your own business. Uh, consistentprofittree.com forward slash ebook is where you can get his ebook for free. Um, but if you're listening to this in your ear holes, go to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Give us a five star review. Hook up a little, write a little something something on there. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one drag and drop templated website builder. What are you looking at over there? You're looking like on the wall. Uh, yeah, I'm what just are you looking at. You ever you ever try to balance yourself while you're like holding your leg? Clean up? your ears, dude. <laughs> I Clean can't. your ears. I'm, I'm messed Ew. up. You can't even balance correctly? No. Look at it. Look into my ear. You're staring off to the wall to balance yourself because you won't clean your ears? No, I went to the ear doctor. Didn't do anything. Somebody's got dirty ears. Squarespace, the all-in-one drag and drop website builder. You can do anything WordPress can do. Don't let those jabronis that are trying to rip you off tell you otherwise. Jabrones. SEO indexes right to Google and Bing and Yahoo and all the search engines. You don't even have to do anything else for you. Hit the in the description. Hit that link, and if you want one of these sweat equity tanks that I'm wearing right now on video, holler if you hear me. Yeah, I do. Let's get where's this, mine, fuckface. Let's talk to Benson. Howdy, Tommy. What about my sweat equity? Uh, can you hear us all right? Very well. Where are you, uh, Benson? How do you say your last name? Abotogo. Uh, I would just say stick with Benson. That would just be fine. I, right. wanted his, I want you to say it. <laughs> yeah. Try it. He just it, 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 it's, it's, uh, oh, you want it's me to say it. I want him to say it. Oh, I, I, mumble, I know he'll mess it up. I mumble through everybody's uh, anything that's a little difficult. I'm like, I, I can't read. Abogortil. He gave, he gave up after I, the well, second letter. Okay, let me help you. Agbotogo. So the first G is silent. Abe, so it's like Agbotogo. Think about to go food. Take out to go. Okay. And you're from Boston? <laughs> Where are you from? Where are you called? I, I, am, uh, I am located in Dallas. Dallas, but where, you, uh, where originally? How do you get this cool last name? Smith is a bad last name. I was trying to explain <laughs> to my kids it's the most common last name in the United States. <laughs> I am the whitest white. You could disappear very easily. I could. I could, except uh-huh. except I look like, uh, my face looks like it belongs on a coin. Right. Yeah. Or Sideways. I, yeah. I'm starting to get fatter. I look like Gerard Depardieu. Mm-hmm. And my uh, dad. Aaron Rodgers just took my Con Air look. I don't oh, know. If no. you, I don't know if you saw that. No. He just showed up with a white tee or a, uh, a tank top, but just pure white, and he looks like Nicolas Cage in Con Air. That's cool. Um, I think you should do some stand-up comedy. I, I, I need to. I need to work on it. My stand-up <laughs> needs a lot of work. Man, I just bombed so hard the other night. Did you? 
I I can't hear out of my right ear right now. I just did the fir- I think the first time I just backed out of a, a set because I was like I'm I was dizzy. I couldn't even. Oh, in the middle of the set, you stopped. No, before before it went on, I was just oh. like I I I was like getting nauseous because my my balance is all fucked up. Oh man, I probably shouldn't have drilled. Don't use Q-tips though. I jammed a Q-tip too far into my ear, Benson. You ever done that? No, I I, I don't plan to. <laughs> <laughs> well, but look, you can still use them safely and clean your ears. Uh, Eric mm-hmm. shamed me a couple of years ago. And said, my ears are too gross. And then I, I did 20 different Q-tips <laughs> uh, that were all plum purple red. Yes, it was the one of the top five grossest things I've ever seen. And it gives me glee that it grossed you out. but uh, It should gross you out, too. It did. You're a rolling bit. around with that, rattling <laughs> around in there. I can't help it. Ew, my, it's just protecting these uh, crinkly ears I got. Um, <laughs> This is how we do the show. We're already going. I don't know if you realize that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've listened to uh, some other episodes. So I'm familiar with you guys. Oh, fantastic. Right. So give us some customer feedback. Where can we improve? But mostly, what did you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> Make us feel good. Um, how about this? Uh, why don't you uh, start with your plugs, Profit Tree? You're the business system that ever fails. Um, where can people find you? We try to do them at the top of the show in case people, uh, you know, get distracted. For sure. Uh, my website is consistentprofittree.com. Uh, and uh, typically when I do shows like this, I uh, give people who are listening a, an electronic copy of uh, my book, which is a business system that never fails. So they can find that at uh, consistentprofittree.com forward slash ebook. All right. Uh, anybody can download a, a free copy right there. So what what brought you to uh, writing that book? I was so sick and tired of so many businesses failing. Um, I mean, if you look at the statistics, over 85 to 90% of small businesses fail after the first 15 years. Yeah. So, And I think it's about it, 60% is like within five years or something like that. Yes. So the percentages keep increasing as the years go by. So I was born and raised in Africa, uh, Cameroon specifically. So when I came to the United States over 20 years ago, I was thinking, boy, it's so easy to start a business here, easy to run it. Then I started realizing so many businesses were failing. I said, with all the technology, why are many businesses failing? And whenever I know there's a problem, I want to go into the root of it to find out, okay, how can we solve this problem? Then I discovered that the reason why most of these businesses are failing is they neglect the universal laws that govern business. Such as? Which we definitely know. Which we know, for sure. It's tattooed on our bodies. Such as as the law of sowing and reaping or cost and effect. I'll give an example. Many entrepreneurs, they market, they market, they generate leads, they follow up when they really need business. Then what happens is when they have so much business, they go on a vacation. They stop doing it. And then they realize, oh, my goodness, our pipeline is dry. Let's get back to it. So you see this fluctuation going up and down, up and down. They are inconsistent. So as a result, 
they have inconsistent results. And some of them never really survive that down circle when they try to get back to it again. And what happens is they are out of business. Yeah, consistency is something I struggle with, for sure. Um, what do you find that a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, kind of struggle with in the consistency part? Is it them? Is it being content? Is it, is it you know, is it something we don't... Not we, improving, yeah. uh, you know, systems? The, and- the, the number one reason I know that uh, most entrepreneurs struggle with consistency is distractions. So they are distracted from doing the main thing that should help them grow their business. That's part of the reason why we have that name, Consistent Profit Tree, because I always ask entrepreneurs, I say, if you go to an apple tree, how many types of fruits are you going to find there? They will say one. One. I say, are you sure? They say, yeah, I'm very sure. I say, are you sure you won't find mangoes and oranges? And, 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 and uh, guavas, they said, no, only one. I said, but when I look at your business now, I can't really tell which fruit mm. your tree is producing. You are all over the place. Right. Not, not focusing on the one thing you do well, work on that, get that going, scale it up, do that the best you can. Then you can add these other services that are ancillary to it. Absolutely, absolutely. There's a guy who was called Josh Washington Carver. He really focused on peanuts. I think he ended up, he ended up producing over 300 products, but all of them were, were from peanuts. So that is a prime example of focus. So when these entrepreneurs are distracted with so many, going in so many directions, then they end up diluting their focus and uh, evidentially, a lot of them are out of business. So what is your recommendation for these distractions? Is, your, uh, is it routine? Is it habits? I mean, do you hire out the things that you think uh, the owner or the person who does things well should be not focusing on? How, what is your recommendation? My recommendation is every single business owner should systematize their business the way it should operate, and then simply hire people who are going to run those systems and they just supervise the results that those systems are expected to produce. And every good system starts with specific results you want that system to produce. So if the results are not there in the business, then you know the system is not working. Something has to be readjusted. So if you systematize your business, then it becomes easy to scale and then the business owner is not trapped in the business working so uh, long hours and barely having enough time for themselves and their families. That's good. I like that. Work-life balance. That's what you mean. Yeah. Figuring that the out. systems, but... Yeah, so, I mean, systems, habits, routine, all those things, it's... it's uh, what, I don't think habits and routine are the same as... A system, kind of the way Benson is referring it to, yeah. But a system is meant to be followed uh, very carefully, and you know, by the book, a, a routine is like your morning routine. You don't have to do that because what's what's the consequence? You do that with your business in a system, bad things happen. <laughs> Shit doesn't get done. What? <laughs> 
I'm, I'm being prep? very clear. What are what? you talking about? Wait, no. If your you, morning routine, I'm <laughs> saying the word routine. I don't think it's like. All right, I wake I up. I, I don't shave feel my as pubes. though the word system and routine are interchangeable. Is my point. I feel like they're they're pretty close. They're kissing cousins. Okay, well we'll no, let systems, Benson decide. Systems, systems is really the big, the big more than yourself. Yeah, and then the routines are really the smaller things that you do uh, within the system. The systems that we design for businesses. They are designed right down to a point where if the checklist within the systems are not followed, we know we are not going to get the results. Right. So it becomes so easy to hold your team members accountable. Like he was saying, if you have a routine that is not tied to a specific result, the stakes are not high. If you miss it two days, three days, eh. But for business, if you miss it, you know your results not, their results are not going to look like the way you want them to. Yeah, I would say there's a, there's a cascading effect of other people involved, uh, yes. mainly your customer, client, patient, whatever it is. Coworkers. Uh, coworkers. Uh, so, yeah, I, I started, I realized I wasn't great at project management about five, six years ago, and I realized it's never going to scale anything or uh, be less frustrated unless... I really focused on that. What can someone do to kind of what? How do you learn how to be a better, better uh, operations kind of person? Again, as I said, um, if you are not really good in operations, then it's good to bring somebody in who is good at putting systems in place. Because once systems have been put in place, you don't have to be good at the systems. You just have to follow them. You know, for example. All of us drive cars, right? Uh, I don't know how to put an engine together, but I don't need to know how to put an engine together. I just need to know how to enter my car, use my car key, put it in the ignition, and then control the steering. That's all. Yeah. I don't need to worry about how, how did the, the engine come together you know, and all of that. I go buy the car. So you don't have to worry about you know, trying to put everything together. You just need to know how to run the system. That would be my recommendation. Yeah, let's... Uh, I think we're both right. <laughs> the, uh, we both won. No, uh, how about this? It's, well, let's, let's talk about you growing up in uh, Cameroon. Well, I, uh, before we forget, what advice would you give your 13-year-old self? I can't tell how old you are, but um, you know, uh, if you could travel back in time, tell yourself something at 13, what would it be? I would say read, read, read. So you become a person of value because when you become a person of value, the marketplace will pay more for you. Uh, one of my mentors, and I also heard it from Jim Rohn, he used to say, um, rich people have big libraries, poor people have big televisions. Interesting. I like so, that. Yes. Yeah, I so, mean, <laughs> And that's no truer than right now. I mean, like uh, I've heard, I've heard a couple of comics talk about it's. There's never been a better time to be poor because you yes. can have a huge TV and you can watch Netflix and you can yes. you can satiate yourself with a bunch of things that don't really matter, you yes. know, that aren't pushing you forward or getting you out of lower middle class or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, so I'll give myself that advice: read more books, but specific books, not just scattered books. So once in a while, somebody will say, "Read this book." I said, why do you want me to read that book? Do you know my goals? 
So I, re- I will read books that are related to my goals. So no- I'm, I'm going to start saying, I'll be like, do you even know my goals? <laughs> Somebody asked me to Just do something. accusatory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. It's like you don't even know my goals. You should read this book. Do you know my goals, ho? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. The nerve. I Look, I read R.L. Stein exclusively. I read Goosebumps because I like it, okay? Your goals? My goals to are to, go- to feel good. But in the same regard, you can just – I love um, – there's a certain kind of Florida novel I like. It's fiction. It's Carl Hyacin. It's Tim Dorsey. Is it really helping me move towards things? That's more of a Netflix thing. That's more of a entertainment, right? That's not I, – I, I am learning – quirky things here and there, but it's not really getting me towards what I need to do. Well, if you are, you are definitely a marketer because of what you guys do, if you read the, if you read the novel and you hone your ability to tell stories, then that's a good thing. That oh, nice. Thing. Well, I do think down the line, I might try to write a similar type of novel like, like they do, but that I, that's years from now. But, uh, you know, it, what? <laughs> Nothing. You don't like Tim Dorsey? You don't like Carl Hyacinth? Oh, I can't wait to read your You don't like Dave, Dave Barry? I can't wait to read it. You can't wait to read the Sweat Equity book I'm writing? Now we're talking. Yeah, that's that's in the mix right now. I'm trying to finish a book this year, a Sweat Equity book. And How just many pages you got? Ten. When, when, I, when, I, when are you publishing? Yeah, I'm just taking all these interviews and putting it in a book. That's oh. all. That That's a marketer, right? <laughs> Repurposing. But, but then we'll be published author, authors and then... We can just, it's like our buddy Dean says, how, what, what's your book like? Yeah. Do you even know my goals? Right. It's a big, it's a, it's a whose penis is bigger kind of conversation. Right. How many books do you have? And I need as many of those non-real penis You should things. write two books. Oh, just, oh, just, hey, oh. I don't know. Uh, so, I, you know, we started the, this uh, interview with you talking about how it, 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 we do take advantage as Americans that grow up here that... I, I do think entrepreneurship, even though it's a French word, is, is truly American. It, it is like it is a thing that you have to realize not every country, every country has the resources and the ability to do it. While everybody here may not have the same playing field they start with, they do have the same opportunity. Um, tell us about you growing up in Cameroon is how being, I, I've heard a lot of African countries are very entrepreneurial because necessity breeds innovation. Is that, is that kind of the, how it is over there? Or you're, you're, you're tilting would, your head like, not so much. I would say yes and no. Um, it's very difficult to start a real business in most African countries. So let me give you a context. When I came to the U.S., um, the first business I started, I was living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, it took me about 10 minutes to fill the LLC form, uh, pay, I think it was $35 then, and I got my license. And I was blown away. What, what would that be like in your native country? Uh, maybe five or 10 years. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so is that kind of government kind of overreach on everybody? Or is that yeah, tribalism? It's, it's, a, it, it's a lot of red tape, so... This person wants you to bribe them. This person wants you to bribe them. That person wants you to bribe them. That one. Uh, so you go through a prolonged process just to get a license to do business. So it's, it's very difficult. So most people really do it uh, in a mom and pop way. 
So it becomes difficult for them to scale or to have the quality they need to even provide goods to the international market. Well, it's got to be defeatist, right? So you're, you're, you're basically getting the skill of bribing. <laughs> right. And I mean, once you get that license, uh, I'm going to guess that the bribing uh, doesn't stop necessarily. I no. mean, you probably, I mean, is it over? Are you good to go? Or are you probably paying a big on the backside? That is, that is right. So uh, taxation is, is non-existent. So most of it is, hey, if you give me a little bit of money, then I'll consider it to be a tax. But it's not really going into the government system. So there's nothing like IRS in Cameroon or Nigeria. <laughs> well, that sounds kind of nice. Yeah, I was going to say, that's cool. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Yeah, until that dude wants his money and you're like, oh, I, don't, I want the IRS back. And then I'm sure you just flip around and become part of that bureaucracy, right? Like it, you, you do that for five to ten years to, to get the license and by the time you get it, you're like, well, now I know this system. I'm going to flip around and be the bribee or briber, briber. Right. Yeah, depend, depending on your level of uh, depending on your level of integrity, uh, some people still survive within the system without doing all of that. But it's a very small minority. Um, so that's that's how the business climate is. So most people are really small mom and pops. But I would say the government uh, hires most of the people who are at work, and unfortunately, most. People go to school, they have good education, they have a bachelor's degree, master's degree, but because government cannot hire everybody, a lot of these guys are just sitting and, you know, waiting for some kind of opportunity to come. So that's part of the thing I plan to go back and do to really inject the entrepreneurial spirit in people and expose people to the global market because now with the internet, you don't need you don't need a local business to do to to survive. You can literally learn how to do business in the internet and really do work. I mean, in my business, I hire people in uh, Mexico, the Philippines, but these are people who have skills that I need for my business. If there were people like that in Cameroon who had those skills, I'll gladly hire them. You know, pay them in dollars, and they will be living at a very high level when they convert that money to the local currency. So it's really about exposing people to the global opportunities that are available today with the internet compared to in the past. The Philippines is the, the Mexico the of the world. Yeah, the outsourcing capital <laughs> for the world, internet, For the internet, and they speak Spanish right. a little bit. You know, uh, it, It's interesting. So let's take us back to Milwaukee. You're in Milwaukee, probably one of the only black guys walking around Milwaukee. Um, uh, what, uh, tell us about that experience. Been to Milwaukee, huh? You've never been to Milwaukee. I don't need to go to Haiti to know it's hot. Like I, I, I just, I'll read Farmer's Almanac. I know what's up. Um, what? So in Milwaukee, what's? Uh, tell us about that experience. You get over there. Milwaukee. By the way, Milwaukee is freakingly cold. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to go to Milwaukee to know it's cold. Like I. Yeah, it's very cold. So. Um, when I came to the U.S., I went to school first of all in New York. So I did my uh, uh, bachelor's degree in business management in New York. Mm-hmm. And then uh, decided to go for my master's in, uh, in Milwaukee. So it was a very interesting experience. Um, the company I worked with was a uh, consulting company. And then after my master's, you know, I really decided, okay, I'm going to step 
jump out and start on my own and have a lot more control over my time, over my money and, and all of that. Um, but it was very, very challenging. You know, part of me was like, oh my goodness, is this the right time to do it? Should I wait a little bit? My wife was pregnant at the time with our first daughter. Oh boy. And she was, yeah, she was, uh, she was about to give birth when I decided to, you know, move on and start my own business. And I thought that, you know, uh, customers will be running from left and right coming to me and saying, hey, Benson, we're here. You just started a business. You know, we, we are going to give you business. But I had a root awakening and went through, you know, several years of just grinding it. But man, when I look back now, it was one of the best decisions I ever made for my own life. It's awesome. You and your wife still together? Oh, yeah. We have four kids oh, now. God. Four kids. Four kids. Congratulations. Jesus, man. That's a lot of work. And So how do you make Ooh. it from Milwaukee down to Dallas? What's So I uh, started a consulting company. And, you know, I, I, I looked at the lay of the land. I looked at the school district. I knew I was going to have more kids. So I really wanted to be in a place where there's a good school district. And then the climate, of course, will be similar to Africa because I hated the cold in Milwaukee. Yep. So Dallas, Dallas was really uh, a winner, good school districts. You know, the climate is really good. And of course, the, the economy is also better. So in 2011, you know, relocated the family uh, here and continue running the uh, consulting company. And... Um, Again, that was a very, very strategic move at that time. Yeah, love Dallas, love the area. No state income tax. That's uh, that's yeah. that helps as well. Um, yeah. uh, had family in Fort Worth, so I've, I've always loved that area. Um, even though Dallas and Fort Worth are kind of what else about Dallas? I've done the, I've done hyenas in Dallas. I've done it in Fort Worth. I've gotten to go around Highland Park. My roommate in college, Ed Wally, his initials Jew J E W. He uh, he was from Dallas, so mm. I got a pretty good got a pretty good view of Dallas. Okay. What you didn't think I'd never been there? No, I was want to hear more facts about Dallas. Uh, SMU, AT and T. What do you want? <laughs> the Cowboys. I just hate the Cowboys. That's all. Yeah, I'm not a fan of them. Just wanted to say that. Uh, so, what advice? I mean, so you've had four books. Is that, is that right? Yes, uh, the, the main one. I mean, uh, I don't promote the other f the other three. Uh, relatively, one of them. I mean, the that one would be much more suitable for people who are interested in the development of Africa. That one was written when I was in college. It's called Faith and Development in Africa. So it's really about how to develop the African continent because that's something I'm passionate about. Uh, but the main book I really promote is the business system. Uh, that never fails because I believe that anybody who masters the three pillars in the book should be able to run a business successfully uh, without being afraid of failing. And it uh, it seems like you have a big kind of Christian theme throughout a lot of um, a lot of the information I, I received from the booking agency. Is that that's a main through line of integrity you kind of spoke of earlier? Absolutely, and everything that I do. Uh, that is the foundation of the business that I run is love. And uh, I believe that if you, if you love your clients, you love yourself, um, then you'll be passionate to help those clients. 
when I see people who are afraid to sell or afraid to market, I'll say to them, either you are wicked or you don't believe in your product or service. Tell me which one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they will say, okay, I'm not a wicked person. Then I said, I will say, okay, then you don't believe in your product or service because if you believe that your product or service is going to solve problems for your clients and you love them, you should do everything you can to introduce that product or service to them because you are, you are helping them to relieve them from their problem. But if you are shy to talk about your product or service and you know people who are in problems, then you are a wicked person. Yeah. And, and, and they will go, oh, my goodness, I never thought about it that way. I said, I said, you are shy to talk about your product or service because of the stigma that marketing and sales has carried. But if you change it and you begin to see yourself as a distributor of solutions, then you should be passionate to talk about what you offer to people. Yeah, and there's a yin and yang to that as well. I, I remember when I was going through my divorce, which was rough or pre-divorce, and you're like, I feel like a bag of shit internally, and I can't, but I do believe in the business I was doing, but I, I still couldn't get over the hump to be able to do it. So you have to kind of have both of those. Now, Eric wants, is Wiccan. He wants to be a witch. He doesn't believe in God. Can his book, can your book help you? Can that help? I don't know. I haven't read the book, but Benson answered <laughs> he, He's he's agnostic and atheist. I'll be happy to mail him a copy. And one of the big things that differentiates me from from a lot of the other people that talk about God is I really focus on the love aspect because I believe... I like that that part. Yeah. Eric, Eric... Loves witches. Eric, 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 looking at him, he's a loving person. Thank so you. you. He's a hippie. I love both a, of you. I love both of you heart. very much and everybody listening right now in your cars. But he mainly goes to drum circles with other sorcerers or something. I don't know. I've never gone. But if he doesn't believe in God, let's say, will this, will this get him towards Christ a lot more? Now, I'm a God-fearing man. I go to church every other week. What are you scared of? Uh, you know, stuff. Oh. The, the, the rapture. Oh. You know, you oh, get to the scary. end of that the end of that Bible, got a crazy yeah, twist ending. Really, yeah, they kind of really four horsemen that up quick. Come out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Thousands of years. Wrap it up. <laughs> um, but you know, it's one of those things where it, it's tough to infuse those two things together with integrity. I find in the business world, it, it, yours seems genuine. Don't get me wrong. I I was just watching that documentary of the the way down on on HBO, and it's about this lady who had one of these evangelical kind of cults and they have their own business and the business starts within the church and all that stuff. I, I like the way you're going about it, which is, Hey, this is my, this is kind of my through line throughout this. Believe it or not. It seems like that is that. Well, I think it's good that you use the word love. Right. Instead. And I have no problem with the word God, but it will turn people off when they're basically saying the same thing. But using the yeah. word love instead, I think, is much more welcoming. And, and universal. Yes. Because the, the reality is God is love. Right. And I've, I've never met a single human being in my life who does not have some love in them. So Correct. all of us are, are, are connected with that common thread 
just like all of us uh, breathe oxygen. You know, I don't know any human being who breathes a different type of air. You know, we all breathe, you know, oxygen. It's the same thing that really, really uh, connects us. So that is what I really encourage people to go down that route because if you really uh, increase your ability to love people, you will, you will find a lot of God within you manifesting because, again, God is love and love is God. So that is the lane I choose to uh, really go down. And when I felt the desire to go into business, I didn't just want to go into it ignorantly. I took the time to really go and study and uh, have degrees in it. And I was fortunate to have a very good mentor, you know, as well. After graduation, studied under him and really got to really know what it takes to run a business. So um, I believe that that differentiates me from a lot of people who just get up and say, hey, um, I think I have the unction to become a business person and they haven't done any studies and they're out there, you know, messing things up. Yeah, coming in it with mouth of babes kind of style, unbiased uh, know what you don't know, those kind of things, and learning from others who've been there. It's really important, all that. Um, consistentprofittree.com forward slash ebook. We'll put that in the description of this episode. Benson, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. I think Eric does too. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it. Absolutely. That. I appreciate you guys. Uh, you guys are hilarious. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it. The way you run your, the way you run your shows, and I mean, it shows. Business doesn't uh, have to be boring. You know, no, we don't. We don't want it. No, boring is a crime. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have nothing but love for you, Benson. Appreciate you coming on. Absolutely, you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank See you. Ya.